welcome to Hashtag Bad, Hashtag Movie, Hashtag Sunday. I'm Hashtag Ashley. I'm Hashtag Amy. And uh, if you're new to our Hashtag Podcast, we are a podcast that watches Hashtag Bad Movies, so you don't Hashtag have to. We Hashtag Roast Them. We Hashtag Toast Them. And we're gonna Hashtag Have a Lot of Fun. (laughs) Today's movie... If you can't tell by the title or by the obscene amount of hashtags that I uh, just can't believe that I spoke out loud with my mouth, is Hashtag Reality High, which is a Netflix original movie that we thought would be pretty fitting. It's back to school season. Uh, most likely it's online school. So we got some digital stuff. We got some school stuff. This is to give you a, a taste of what it's like to still be in real school, even though you're likely sitting at home right now with Zoom open in your other tab, listening to your teacher talk about science. This is going to give you the hashtag memories of the hashtag good old days when we could actually uh, go out in public and interact with people. This is like a, a hashtag documentary of the olden days. When people could go outside and go to, there's like a party scene in this. I'm like, wow, that's a, that's one of those. I, I've heard of those. That's a, a party. Honestly, <laughs> not like I went to parties in high school. Uh, anyway, <laughs> is it just me or when you watch movies now, do you get like really uncomfortable when there's big crowd scenes, like party scenes and whatever? Oh my god, yeah. Uh, I get anxious in crowds anyway, even without the pandemic. So this is just, you know, cherry on top. (laughs) (laughs) These people are not practicing their social distancing. Um, They're not wearing their masks. It's so weird uh, to watch movies of normal life now. But we're going to do it for you guys today. Also, this movie is kind of a cursed one. We have uh, a collection of movies that never have seen the light of day because of scheduling issues or technical problems, and this is like the third time that we've scheduled to do hashtag this movie, so this is a treat for all of us. Yeah, this is a treat. This movie is finally getting to see the light of day, just like the characters in this movie, unlike unlike you, unlike us. <laughs> we're, we're finally lifting the curse. The curse is over, I guess. The hashtag curse is hashtag over, and I am going to hate that word by the time we finish this podcast. <laughs> the curse is hashtag canceled. We don't want it anymore, and we're getting rid of it. Hashtag bye, bitch. (laughs) So (laughs) if nobody here has heard of hashtag reality high, let me enlighten you. I've got a summary here from IMDb, and it says, High-achieving high school senior Danny Barnes dreams of getting into UC Davis, the world's top veterinary school. Then a glamorous new friend draws her into a Southern California scene that threatens everything she's worked for. Now, I have a little bit of a hashtag warning for uh, all you potential watchers or listeners out there. If you listen to that uh, riveting summary and you thought, hey, that sounds like the movie for me, please, please don't go watch the trailer because the trailer is the entire movie in two minutes. 
like Amy said, we've scheduled this a couple times throughout basically the whole year to, to try to get this movie done. So I rewatched this movie to just like familiarize myself with it. But even the first time watching this movie, I remember thinking, hmm, why does it seem like I've watched this movie before? Like, beat for beat, and it, it was because I had seen the trailer. And the trailer is straight up the entire movie. We love when we do, when, when trailers do that. Oh no! I was also gonna advise against watching the, um, you know when you, uh, hover over something on Netflix and it gives you like, is that the full trailer or is it like snippets of the trailer? Anyways, that makes it seem like an awful movie, which it might be if you're not interested in these like high school teen rom-coms, whatever. But I assure you, this movie is much better than it looks in trailers. This is uh, season two. It's our toasting season. So we were trying to find movies that we actually like or movies that we think we're going to like. And since we've seen this like twice before, I like this movie the first time and the second time that I saw it. I don't know about you, Ashley, but I really wanted to bring this into our toasting season so we can, you know, spread a little bit of positivity because I was reading the IMDb uh, reviews and they were pretty harsh uh, for this movie. Yeah, we'll we'll get into it a little, a little later. I think the internet was a, a little harsh on it, but uh, there are some critiques that I, I uh, tend to hashtag agree with. But if you want to watch this movie, you're welcome to watch it on your own. Come back and listen to our thoughts to it. Don't watch the trailer, though, if you're, if you're going to watch it, because you'll spoil yourself. Otherwise, we are going to spoil the movie for you. It's okay when we do it. The trailer... Mm, I don't know about that, but it's okay when we when we spoil it. Just a heads up, we're going to be going into the movie scene by scene and breaking it down. But before we do, as always, we have a signature drink that you can make to drink along to our uh, drinking game that we have every episode. Amy, what's the drink that we have today? Today we've got a really good one by the looks of it. It's called the Swimming Pool. Because uh, there's a lot of scenes that take place in a swimming pool or in or around bodies of water. Uh, the main love interest dude, he wants to be an Olympic swimmer. It's all coming together, baby. So, uh, for the swimming pool, what you need is 30 milliliters of vodka, 60 of white rum, 15 of cream, 30 of coconut milk, 60 of pineapple juice, 15 of, and I always pronounce this incorrectly, blue curacao? Is that how you say it? I literally looked it up on Google Translate like 15 minutes ago. Um, that's what I'm going with. Uh, you need one wedge of pineapple for garnish and ice. So what you need to do is fill your shaker with ice cubes, pour in the vodka, white rum, cream, coconut milk, and pineapple juice, Shake well and strain into a hurricane glass filled with ice, and then you pour your blue curacao on top, and then garnish with a pineapple wedge. And to go along with that, you have a couple points to the drinking game. Uh, the first one that I have is every time we see the web show, hashtag reality high, which is where the movie gets its name from, on screen. Ooh, that is hashtag a good one. Um, I have... Every time they start a scene in broad daylight and then in the next 
part of the scene, which is like a continuation. All of a sudden, it's already dark. That is a very good point. The next one I have is every time we see Danny, who's the main girl in the vet that she works at. Ooh, I have every time we see anyone, any of the characters, in a burger place. Oh, okay. My last point is every time, uh, I do not know what his name is, but the wild student, you'll know the one if you're watching the movie, does something that gets him caught by the principal. Ah, I think his name is Broussard or something like that. Um, uh, my last one is every time you see a dog. Oh, cute. <laughs> so you can pick your favorites from that list, drink along to the movie or to our podcast. Otherwise, we're going to get into the scene by scene right now. So our main characters are in high school. Uh, we got our main girl, Danny. We got her BFF, Freddie who also happens to have a crush on her, as well as Danny's ex-best friend, who used to bully her when they were kids, Alexa. And she's the one who has this YouTube or internet show called Hashtag Reality High. And she's dating the most popular guy in school, Cameron, who is the guy that Danny, our main girl, has a crush on. And before we get too into the now of the movie... The first scene is there's a flashback, which kind of explains why Alexa and Danny aren't friends anymore. And the flashback is all of the main characters at camp. And Danny is kind of this nerdy girl, typical high school nerd. And uh, Alexa comes into her cabin at camp one morning and she's like, Oh my god, Cameron wants to make out with you in the boys' cabin. So later that night, Danny goes to the boys' cabin. It's all dark. She's ready. She, she's got her lips puckered. She's got her lips macker on. She's ready to make out. And then uh, somehow they brought a pig into the room, and she like kissed the pig. And everyone at camp has their full-on phones out. They're like texting a mass text to I guess everyone else who goes to school. They're like tweeting it out. They're like ten years old, by the way. And Danny is you know, forever the unpopular kid because of that. Yeah, um, and I don't want to sound like a boomer grandma right now, which I probably am going to, but my mom didn't let me have my first phone until I was, well, late middle school, maybe 14, 15, and it was a flip phone Nokia. <laughs> Mine was around the same time, and it was, I forgot what it was called, but it had the keyboard that slid in and slid out. Oh, bitch, I remember the fucking commercials for those were the wild... <laughs> I remember being like, technology has reached its peak, <laughs> seeing these commercials. It was like the the most entrancing... Okay, let me take you back. The year is... Well, <laughs> I'm not good at math, but we were in, picture yourself in middle school. If you're already in middle school, you don't have to picture anything, I guess. But uh, <laughs> setting the scene, right? You're in middle school. The technology of the day, I think like the, the first iPod had come out. My <laughs> very unpopular ass was using my flip phone Nokia which I thought was so cool. And watching this commercial, watching TV with my dad, 
this commercial comes on, right? Stay with me. It's this guy sitting at a park bench, and he takes out his, his fancy new phone. <gasps> it's got a full keyboard on it. Not just those stupid number pads that took 30 minutes to type out. Hey, smiley face. Actually, I don't... Could you do smiley face? Doesn't matter. You could on this new keyboard. Because guess what, bitch? It slides in, slides out. And it slides in, slides out. Sounds that- like a little <laughs> sexual now when you say it. But I swear, watching that commercial... They- that's the whole commercial. Was the guy just repeats that. And it slides in. And he just repeated that for like a minute and a half straight. And I was like, wow, that uh, we have reached the peak of technology. We are in Star Trek age. That sounds amazing. (laughs) You know what's even crazier, though, is it worked. Him saying slide in, slide out is so deeply ingrained in my memory that you just by saying it, you unlocked like a deep childhood memory of mine. Yeah, that was a time of like. Blackberry, that was still a thing. I was so scared that my mom, my mom at the time had a Blackberry and I super did not want one because my fat fucking fingers would not be able to get over those tiny little keys, you know? (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh, I had a, (laughs) I had a white Blackberry in high school. (laughs) I thought I was like, the shit with my white blackberry i i had a picture folder (gasps) revolutionary (laughs) oh my god girl a white berry if you (laughs) a white berry indeed (gasps) so back back to the movie (laughs) now everyone is in the high school Danny and Freddie are still best friends, and they're walking into school. They're talking about this upcoming bonfire event that happens for all the seniors, like, every year. And they're also talking about her interview that's coming up to UC Davis, a school that she really wants to get in. We also meet Alexa and Cam's popular friend group, I Here's the thing. I have to say, one thing that I really liked about this movie was that Alexa is the typical mean girl in this movie, right? She used to bully Danny as a kid. You know, she's still kind of a bitch. But her posse that she, like, goes around, it's not, like, the typical... Because this movie is very... How do I say? If you've seen Mean Girls, you've seen this movie. You know what I mean? But I like that her little posse she surrounds herself with have individual personalities and don't just follow her because she's the most popular one. Like, they actually stand up to her quite a bit during this movie. Yeah, that is a good point. And in the whole friend group, Alexa and her, like, gay best friend, I guess, are the only super actually bitchy people in the group cam and his two guy friends are actually like pretty decent like they don't really support alexa's treatment of danny as we see in like the first uh cafeteria scene when when we see alexa filming you know a scene for hashtag reality high and she's like danny move out of the way you're in my shot cam and the others are like uh you didn't have to like be so extra um it's like a five second shot you know yeah (laughs) i agree 
Because we really focus a lot in this first, I don't know, third of the movie on kind of the two extremes of Alexa being this super, super rich, super bitchy, popular girl, and Danny being this really, not shy, but like, not very noticed, nerdy girl, very unpopular, she has like one friend. The most relatable part of this movie, which is saying a lot considering Alexa literally brings a cameraman to school. She basically runs the school. She can do whatever she wants to because whenever the principal comes around is like, hey, uh, you can't do that. Like, you can't bring a dog to school. She'll just like whip out her phone and be like, um, do you have something to say to my 10 million subscribers? <laughs> yeah, very manipulative. Like you said, she runs the school. And as we kind of said, she is dating this guy, Cameron, who Danny has a crush on. But Cameron, actually a really nice dude. So he's like, he, he's kind of nice to everyone. And he keeps being really nice to Danny. He's like one of the few people that kind of notices her. Um, and he even invites her out. She thinks it's as a date, but it's like with their group of friends. But Alexa is not having it because she's uh, very very jealous and very much a bitch. So she keeps threatening Danny to, like, stay away from her mans. Yeah, which is so <laughs> weird because she's like, Danny, stay away from my man, stay away from my dog. Oh, yeah, there's this whole scene where Cam takes Alexa's dog into the vet clinic where Danny works. Um, and he's like, oh, yeah, this dog ate, like, half a bar of chocolate. Can you save her? And then Danny's like, yep, everything looks good. Don't you have to, like, get the dog's stomach pumped or something? Like, that seems like a little more than just some R&R &R would cure, you know? Um, this whole time I was confused because Danny volunteers at a vet clinic, but she's doing, like, actual veterinary work. Like, she's like, oh, yeah, I'm checking his vitals and making all these decisions about this dog. And I'm like, girl... You haven't gone to dog school yet. Like, <laughs> calm down. Yeah, girl. True. First of all, the whole thing, you know, uh, this dog ate half a bar, half a bar of chocolate. Oh, my God, that's a lot. And then uh, Danny just, like, checks his heartbeat with a little doggy stethoscope. And she's like, he's fine. That dog's dead, right? That dog's very dead. <laughs> also, yeah, Danny throughout this whole movie is doing a lot of work work, like she's booking venues for events that this vet is going to have, she's, uh, like, literally doing veterinary work on the dog. I mean, in high school, we had to do, like, a certain amount of volunteer hours to graduate, right? So we've done, like, a, a bunch of volunteer work then, but, like, the stuff we were doing, I remember, like, painting faces at a fun fair, and... Selling raffle tickets at that same fun fair the next year. And that's basically all I did. Yeah, dude. I was like a summer camp counselor for a summer, but like I was never fully in charge of the 20 kids there or whatever. There was always like a real adult somewhere. So like, why is she in charge of this dog's health? And also, uh, we meet her boss, Fiona, who's like an actual vet. 
at the uh, the clinic, and the whole time we see Fiona, she's just like literally on Tinder on her phone. She's like, mm, six foot, yes. Meanwhile, this dog is like, his tongue's hanging out, and he's like drooping on the table. And I'm like, girl, <laughs> don't you? Girl, save that dog. I was about to say something before I went on that whole dog rant. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, Alexa, this whole, the whole beginning of the movie, she's like, hey, Danny, stay away from my man and stay away from my dog. And then, for absolutely no reason, in the middle of a scene, randomly, she just texts Cameron and breaks up with him. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is interesting. What a twist. And then Cameron is obviously bummed out about this because she's, she didn't give him, like, a reason as to why she dumped him. She's like, I just need to find myself. And then literally the next scene, she's apparently dating some YouTuber that I haven't heard of. Yeah, I had heard of his name, but I didn't know what he looked like. She's dating Tube, who I think was pretty big, like, I don't know. But uh, she's dating this famous guy, which, you know... She gave some bullshit excuse and then immediately uh, gets together with this YouTuber, supposedly to get more followers, just so we can tell even more that she's uh, a bitch. So now that Cameron is single, he, like, officially asks out Danny, except the way he does it, they're, like, at school, he's like, hey, I'm having a party at noon at my house, you should come. And she's like, oh my gosh, yes. And she's so excited. She like runs over to not her mom, not her sister, not her friends, but her boss at the vet, which is a strange choice. But I mean, I, you know, you to you. So her boss takes her shopping for like this glamorous dress that she ends up going to the party in, except my boy Cameron... How could you not tell a girl that it was a pool party? This seemed like a turning point where it would be revealed that Cameron is secretly evil all along. But it turns out he's just forgetful. But yeah, like, how do you not mention that you're having a pool party? He's like, oh yeah, come to my party, it's at noon. And he didn't give any more detail than that. Mmm, also she was dressed pretty fancy for a noon party, you know? That's like nighttime party attire. I feel like noon party is jeans and a t-shirt. Yeah, I mean, um, evidently we don't go to much parties, but even I have to say, a little bit of both their faults, he straight up just didn't tell her it was a pool party, which is a pretty vital information considering everyone else at the party was dressed in swimwear, but also, yeah, she was dressed in, like, a, a club outfit, an evening dress. Like, if I invite you over for lunch, that's a t-shirt and jeans. Catch me in my full club outfit, I'm ready to twerk to some pitbull. Oh, girl, Mr. Worldwide, guess who's gonna be? My boy, Tile Cruz, gonna be there. My boy, Mr. Worldwide, gonna be there. We're gonna be there in our apple bottom jeans, boots with the fur. Everybody gonna be looking at us. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be dynamite, um, as Tile Cruz would say. <laughs> I can't think of another story. <laughs> Me neither. I wasn't listening that much when, uh, 
when we were at those middle school dances. Uh, we should have been. Oh, yeah. Um, I just remember jumping up and down a lot and um, leaving. <laughs> I remember glow sticks, hiding in the bathroom, and then going home with my ears ringing. I remember getting so excited to go to those middle school dances specifically so I could get as many glow sticks as I could so I could read under my covers when I got home uh, without having to have the lights on. Um, not super excited for the dancing, but I was super excited about getting some free night lights so I could read Percy Jackson when I got home. Wait a second. That is literally the best idea I've ever heard. <laughs> I don't know why this is not more uh, widespread, because... It's so weird to be under the covers with your fucking flashlight blinding yourself occasionally when you could just have glow sticks. Oh my god, girl, you're a genius. Because I used to do that a lot. I used to, like, uh, read under the covers uh, all the time. And I remember, oh, we're getting way off track, but do you remember the very beginning of the third Harry Potter movie <laughs> where Harry Potter is practicing the spell Lumos under his covers? And he just kept going, like, Lumos, and it not working. And then he'd do it again, and there'd be a flash of light, and then it would go black. And then there'd be another flash of light. Um, bitch, get a flashlight. <laughs> like, I would love to have magic, but also get a flashlight, you know? Because then it wouldn't, like, go out every once in a while. You could just put in a new thing of batteries. Oh, um, you haven't heard? J.K. Rowling said that every wizard can produce light out of the tip of their dick. Oh, oh, I do remember reading that. Right, flaccid light, as I remember it was called. <laughs> yes, it was uh, flaccido extremo um, was the spell to trigger that. So, <laughs> any young wizards out there, J.K. Rowling's got your back. Also, did you know that wizards just shit their pants? Girl, my, my favorite thing to do in my off time, you know, when I was a kid, I used to stay up reading Percy Jackson under the makeup. I used to stay up reading Harry Potter under the makeup. Now, I got my little, uh, my glow sticks from fucking 12 years ago, uh, under my covers, staying up reading J.K. Rowling tweets. Oh my god, that is my favorite one she's ever, ever put out. <laughs> I love to just not read any of her tweets, just imagine what they're like based on the context of people telling me about other tweets that she's done. So I'll think to myself, I wonder if Dobby had three side hoes that he would just bang every night like a screen door in a hurricane. I wonder if Remus Lupin himself had a micro penis. Oh, yeah, uh, you haven't heard that secretly Ginny and Cho were hooking up behind the scenes, but we didn't see it in the movie, um, because Dumbledore was uh, their third, and, uh, he didn't want any of the other students to find out. <laughs> Did you hear <laughs> that the golden snitch is actually uh, a runaway testicle of a student from 1967. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, that is... You know what? I think I think no one can write Harry Potter fan fiction like J.K. Rowling can write Harry Potter fan fiction. 
Except Hermione, who writes, um, <laughs> Hermione slash Draco slash, uh, creepy fanfiction <laughs> every night <laughs> of her life before she goes to bed. Oh, you know that was happening, uh, behind the scenes. Hey, hey, did you know that the, uh, the apple that Draco eats in the third movie was secretly a reference to crab? <laughs> Because because crabs and apples are both red, um, and that's what she meant the whole time. And that's what we call symbolism. <laughs> that's what we call coming full circle, baby. Hey, do you know the reason Snape is so greasy is because his rest of his body is just so oily all the time because he does wrestling in his in his free time, just oiled up wrestling. <laughs> Did you know that he's so greasy because he's literally covered in cum 24-7? This is an NSFW episode today. Did you know that Sirius Black only rides his brooms vertically? (laughs) Oh, wow. I'm running out of steam here. Uh, I forget completely what we were talking about and I almost don't care. Can we just forget bad movies? We should just talk about Harry Potter kinks next episode. Bad Author Sunday brought to you by us. (laughs) Bad Author Sunday. That's so good. Uh, The real death of the author um, where we just make fun of JK Rowling for 50 minutes straight. (laughs) This is, no one can convince Anybody that everything we've just said isn't true, especially not J.K. herself. Oh, oh yeah, no, of course. Little do the people know that we are interns, actually, for J.K. Rowling, and these are future tweets that are coming out. Yes, I have them loaded up on TweetDeck right now. Can you imagine being, like, one of the world's best-selling authors and then in your free time... just writing tweets about how often your characters take a dump? You know, <laughs> sometimes uh, I was watching an interview with Jordan Peele, who was going over uh, Get Out theories, and uh, half of them he's like, yeah, that's what we intended, and half of them he was like, mm, interesting, but not even remotely right. I think J.K. Rowling needs to take a little hint from that and uh maybe not give us so much information and just be like hey mm, that's not what i intended also like i that i didn't write that i didn't you know what i mean like you don't need to put so much lore uh into your story i i don't need to know where their shit went before bathrooms were invented (laughs) (laughs) didn't now, here's the real kicker, though, because didn't she, like, sue someone for making a, a comprehensive Harry Potter dictionary or something like that? Because um, she's like, I don't want other people making money off of my original work. If people want to know where these characters shit, I'm going to tell them myself. No, Dickie. Uh, I don't I don't think we need to know that. Um, I think. <laughs> See, in my mind. Oh, the only thing that is canon is what is written in the books. And everything else, I'm going to remove from my brain because I don't need to know it. 
But while you're reading those books, don't forget to imagine everyone shitting in their pants and then wizarding it away. See, here's the thing, though, is I can't stop imagining. I wake up in a cold sweat every night, gotta check my pants, <laughs> because it is the, the nightmare that keeps reoccurring every uh, since JK has tweeted that out, every night. <laughs> my recurring nightmare is that she will uh, create more tweets about the universe that she's already created and established pretty well on its own without all of her additional information. I mean, we've been doing this podcast for about, you know, a little over a year. We're in our second season now. We've told a couple personal stories, but I think the people of the internet maybe don't know us as much as they need to. And maybe we should start tweeting out the, the lore behind Bad Movie Sunday. What? <laughs> if we were to have a J.K. Rowling-style Twitter account for this very podcast, what do you think the first tweet should be? Did you know? <laughs> Uh, I don't think you did. Did you know that Amy and I used to be conjoined twins and we were separated only when we volunteered at a magician show and they sawed us in half? But in the true style of JK, we were conjoined only by the puss. Of course, that is uh, where we were connected. Now we each only have half. Uh, did you know that <laughs> whenever we watch a movie for this podcast... Only one of us is allowed to use the eyes um, at a time. So I'll watch the movie, I'll pop them out, and then I'll give them to Ashley. Like those three witches from Greek mythology or what have you. Oh yeah, one of us has the eyes, one of us has the ears. So we gotta just sort of uh, watch them, listen to it at different times, then we switch and put it together, and just sort of assume what happened in the movie based on what we saw and heard differently. <laughs> yeah, one of us literally hasn't seen the movie and the other hasn't heard it, so we're just trying to figure out what the hell's going on. <laughs> yeah, uh, follow us on Twitter if you want to know the, the deep lore behind uh, how these episodes are made. At BMS Podcast. <laughs> We love ourselves for promo. <laughs> Where were we, by the way, in this uh, I, hashtag movie? I do not care. <laughs> this is turning into the Comedy Central roast of J.K. Rowling. And you know what? I'm here for it. Yeah, you know what? I'm okay with that. Maybe we, Maybe the people don't need to know the rest of the movie. It's on our toasting season. It's not that bad. That's all you need to know. And, you know, you've seen Mean Girls. You've seen this movie, like Ashley said before. You know what? It is our toasting season, which means that we are trying to say more good things about the movie. We never said anything about having to toast random authors, though. No, in fact, I feel like it's uh, encouraged to roast these authors when they are being, let's say, a stupid <laughs> it's stupid is a, a fair point. Sadly, I think we have to return to the movie. <laughs> as much as we may want to continue roasting J.K. Rowling. J.K. Roasting. Oh, that's our new podcast name. Oh my god, TMTM. TM. <laughs> we're, we're taking it <laughs> TM, now. TM. J.K. Roasting, coming to you 
2021. So excited. Um, <laughs> I can't wait to tweet about our new podcast, JK Roasting, which was made right after we ran away from the circus. Did you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, we were also part of the circus. <laughs> we were the flying trampoline twins. Yeah, um, this was when we were still conjoined, and we rode on also conjoined elephants. Um, do you think we should return to this movie? I, I think we have to, unfortunately. Or fortunately, it's our toasting season. It's not a bad movie. Let's just jump right back into it. Jump right back into it is very fitting because we're at a pool party right now, if you remember from the hundred years ago from when we were uh, talking about this movie before we went on that tangent. We're at a pool party. My girl Danny is dressed up in this evening gown because she didn't know it was a pool party. Surprisingly, though, the pool party ends up going quite well. She gets along with everyone there. At the beginning, they're kind of like, hey, do you want to do shots? And she's like, no, thanks. And they're like, cool. <laughs> you do you. And, you know, she stays after dark to just hang out with Cameron in her pool he teaches her to swim because she doesn't know how to, which I thought was going to come into play later. Because the kind of bitchy girl, Alexa, she FaceTimes two of her friends because she finds out that Danny is at this party hanging with her ex-mans that, to be fair, she broke up with. And she's really jealous, even though she broke up with him. So she FaceTimes her friends and she's like, push that bitch into the pool or something, drown, whatever she says. And that, like, doesn't come back into play. I thought she was going to get humiliated. I thought she was going to fall into the pool and, you know, she can't swim. So, but, like, that doesn't come back into play ever. He just teaches her how to swim and now she can swim. And we move on from the scene. Yeah, I thought it was going to happen later at the bonfire because that takes place um, at the beach, but it's just a cute little scene where he teaches her how to swim, and it's also one of those scenes that starts in the day and ends up at night in the next second. It was a very long uh, party, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Oh, by the way, as the pool party is going on, Freddy goes to- Freddy also volunteers at the vet clinic. So he goes to Fiona, their boss, and he's like, oh, hey, have you seen Danny today? And Fiona's like, yeah, she's at this pool party that Cameron invited her to. And as uh, Danny starts getting closer to Cameron, we see that she's getting farther away from Freddie, who, in the twist of all twists, is not her gay best friend like I thought he would be, but is, like we mentioned before, in love with her. Yeah, I mean, the, this movie is kind of full of a lot of cliches, I must say, that not only did I feel like I had watched this movie because I saw the trailer, uh, and the trailer is literally the whole movie, but it seems like a lot of other movies that I have seen, and it's very predictable in that you know exactly what's going to happen. You know she's not going to get with the best friend because they set up Cameron to be a good dude. So her and Cameron start hanging out more. They start going on, like, official dates. They finally kiss. And they're, like, together together now. But like we said, Alexa doesn't like that, even though she broke up with Cameron, reminder. But now that FoosyTube, the YouTuber that she dumped Cameron for, dumped her back, she's now single. So she decides to go on this whole psychotic 
how how would one even describe? She like has this whole plan to like screw over Danny. That she pretends to apologize to Danny, pretends to be her friend for basically the rest of the movie, um, and they start hanging out together. You know, she keeps inviting Danny over, so Danny's now like hanging out with the popular kids. Yeah, and the whole time that Danny is hanging out with uh, Alexa, she's been neglecting her friendship with Freddie because Freddie had this whole thing where he's like, oh, I'm going to be a DJ when I grow up. And he's he has his first paying gig, but he needs Danny to drive him there. It's some bar mitzvah somewhere. And she's at a party with Alexa, and they have to, like, turn in their phones at the door so she can't... She doesn't know that Freddie's been calling and texting her all night. Freddie gets super pissed off, understandably, that Danny didn't show up uh, to give him a ride to his first paying gig, which he didn't get paid for because he was two hours late. So now Freddie's mad at her, and Cameron is also a little bit like, mm, I see that you're changing when you're hanging out with Alexa, and I don't really like it. Yeah, she turns into a little bit of a bee herself. She's neglecting her old friends. She's neglecting Cameron, her boyfriend now. She has a fight with both of them because she's starting to act a lot more like Alexa vis-a-vis Mean Girls. So basically, Danny's now in the inn with the popular kids. She leaves her old friends behind. And she, she's like kind of losing the person that she was before that made people like her. And there's this whole other thing, too, with Cameron, where he tells her on a date that also starts in, like, the morning and ends at night that he wants to go to college and study to become, like, a marine biologist or something. But his dad wants him to stay in sports and go on to be an Olympic-level swimmer, which is kind of (laughs) weird because his dad is like... I want you to go to the Olympics, and I want you to, like, win all these gold medals. But then also, like, when you're past your prime, I want you to take over my car dealership. Like, can you imagine going to buy yourself a a sensible Prius, and the man that is selling it to you is Michael Phelps or something? That would be wild. Also, those are two very different skills sets. You know, Olympic swimming and knowing about cars. And stuff. You know what I mean? Like, you need training in, in both of those fields. They're not, it's not like, oh, I need you to become a NASCAR driver and then I want you to take care of my garage. You know what I mean? So, Cameron, because his dad is kind of so strict about this and has very specific expectations on him, doesn't want to tell his dad that he actually wants to be a marine biologist, which is closer to swimming than, you know, car dealership is at least. But Danny accidentally kind of spoils it for him and accidentally reveals to the dad that this is what Cameron wants to do. So Cameron, understandably, gets really mad at her because it's something that he wanted to talk to his dad about, and he, like, fully breaks up with her. And then there's also, uh, if that's not bad enough, there's this whole thing where Fiona, uh, her boss at the clinic, is also mad at Danny because Danny forgot to submit a permit, which seems like the kind of thing that Fiona should be doing, not a high school student. Uh, yes, who we must reiterate is an unpaid volunteer. <laughs> yeah, 
whenever I think permit, I think that something an adult should do, and she is not. And she also has to find, like, a venue out of nowhere. And Fiona the whole time is like, if you don't do all of this, I'm not going to write you a letter of recommendation. Yeah, yikes. Um, I gotta say, when I was volunteering at the the little fun fairs when I was in high school, they wouldn't let me anywhere near the the money box or whatever it was called. Like, even when I was selling raffle tickets, they were like, okay, you sell the tickets, and the adults will put the money in the box, because that is a responsible job, and you are a actual child. Meanwhile, her boss wants her to, like, submit, like, forms and find venues and uh, like uh that is so much responsibility for a child yeah who's not even getting paid she's like mm, you have to submit this form the 14a and go into the office and then uh also i need you to pay all my taxes for this clinic and also i need you to go and do all this hundred million things that you really don't have to be doing. I feel like if you were to actually volunteer at a vet clinic as a high school student, you'd be like mucking up the dog poop all day. That's it. Yeah, yeah, you'd be mucking up the dog poop. You'd be uh, occasionally petting those doggos, making sure they're happy. And then you'd go home and do your math homework. <laughs> yes. So, basically, everyone in Danny's life is mad at her, and she has screwed up everything with uh, all of her relationships. And on top of that, Alexa, as we know, but Danny is a little naive, so she didn't realize that Alexa was so obviously pretending to be Danny's friend. And meanwhile, this entire time, she's been collecting footage of Danny to take out of context and ex- quote-unquote expose her as a stalker on her YouTube channel, which ruins uh, Danny's relationship with people that she doesn't even know. <laughs> and the video <laughs> is so stupid, and it's also two minutes long. There's this part after the, the party where she misses Freddie's bar mitzvah gig, where she goes back to Alexa's house, and she's talking about, like, oh, you know... They're both drunk and high and whatever. And she's saying, oh, you know, my sister loves watching your show. She'll always be like, I follow Alexa on Twitter. I follow Alexa on Instagram. I follow Alexa on Facebook. And then in the video, all it's... (laughs) The only clip is like... (laughs) Danny going, I follow Alexa on Twitter, I follow Alexa on Instagram, I follow Alexa on Facebook, which is, like, not (gasps) shocking or anything. Yeah, girl, I follow all my friends on their social media. Why is this, like, a a big (laughs) stalker thing? I don't know. I feel like there are better clips she could have. Also, how did she know? You know what I mean? Like, I know Alexa was very manipulative this whole time, but there's no way she could have known that Denny was going to say all these very specific things that could be taken out of context to make her look like a stalker. (laughs) Yeah, because one of those clips was literally, like, Danny saying something like, it's not like, er, I'm your stalker, but then they only use the part where she's like, I'm your stalker. (laughs) Yeah, no one made her say that. (laughs) Wasn't there a part in 
Scooby-Doo, I think, which we watched a couple months ago, maybe last year. I have no recollection of time whatsoever. At the very beginning where Fred is like, it's not like I said, I hate Coolsville. And then the, the news clip is like Fred saying, I hate Coolsville or whatever. Yeah. Oh, my God. I This is giving me like flashbacks of that one episode of uh, iCarly that had Victoria Justice in it as a boxer that I just think about so much more often than I thought I was going to because it scared the shit out of me. Like, oh my god, okay. Uh, Did you watch iCarly as a kid? Yes, but I do not remember Victoria Justice being a boxer. (laughs) Oh, yeah, okay. Victoria Justice was a famous boxer in the iCarly cinematic universe, and... Basically, because iCarly has her, you know, iCarly show, and what, what, not Gibby, the, like, really shitty dude, (laughs) whatever, the, the, the really annoying dude, like, cut together clips of iCarly just saying random stuff on her web show, um, that made it sound like iCarly wanted to push Victoria Justice's grandma down the stairs, because she, like, he cut (laughs) out, like, her saying grandma once, and her saying push ones. I mean, I cut it together, and eventually she's like, I'm gonna push her grandmother down the stairs. I'm like, oh my god, (laughs) I'm gonna go to jail if I say something on the internet. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, can you imagine the kind of things that just from this episode, people can cut together of us saying all of the things we were saying about J.K. Rowling's tweets about shitting and Conjoin twins and who knows what. Oh, girl, that's my worst fear. <laughs> it's all true, folks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we already say the most embarrassing thing. That's the thing. You gotta beat the public to say the most embarrassing thing so they don't make you say it through a bunch of assorted random clips. Oh, yeah. You can't make me look dumb because I already make myself look dumb, idiot. <laughs> So, basically, Danny's life is kind of going to shit right now. But in just a couple of scenes, she kind of turns everything around. She goes and apologizes to Freddy, who takes her back immediately. She apologizes to her boss and ends up getting a venue for that thing that she was supposed to get a venue for. So she gets a recommendation letter. She goes live on Facebook, does this, like... I'm not a stalker (laughs) video. (laughs) Yeah. By the way, the venue that she gets for the dog adoption event is literally at some random burger place. Why, of all places, would you hold that event there? This is good. I mean, for a venue, I would assume you want, like, a community center or a park or something open. But she, like, rents out like an A&W. <laughs> yeah, she's like all up in the Burger King. Everyone's finding dog hair in their food. <laughs> oh, very appetizing. Hey, did you know at Hogwarts, everyone's just got rat fur in their food all the time because they let the cats and shit walk all over the uh, the food in the Great Hall? Okay, but that one is kind of true, actually. <laughs> Honestly, here's the thing. I've mentioned this before. I'm very, very allergic to cats. I 
don't know if I could go to Hogwarts. A, because I am not 11 anymore and I uh, never got my letter, which I was absolutely devastated about. J.K. Rowling, I'm still waiting. But also, like, they just letting random animals in. Whatever. I mean, I got a couple problems here, right? They say you can... <laughs> We're going to go on a Harry Potter tangent and you can't stop me, okay? They say you can have a, a toad... <laughs> <laughs> I, forget, I forget what the animals they say. I think it's a, a toad, a, a bird, or a cat. And Ron comes in with a mouse. With a That wasn't on the list, Ron. To be fair, it was a human. But, but we don't know that yet. So what you can bring, a toad, a cat, a bird, or a human disguised as a rat. <laughs> be a little bit more specific with their rules. Yeah, they're just letting all these animals wild, like Neville, get your toad out of my fucking soup, I just want to eat my lunch. Fucking Hedwig is swooping me all damn day because I got like a a sparkly bobby pin in my hair. Like, come on, this is (laughs) ridiculous. Ridiculous. (laughs) Hey, did you know that Hogwarts was uh, an absolute haven for furries because they could just use the polyjuice potion and literally turn themselves half animal? Oh, oh my god. JK didn't even get into this, but we're we're unearthing a a new level of lore here, I guess. Um, let's talk about this. <laughs> oh, 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 I think we have to. <laughs> By the way, I, I just want to add... We can come back to this Harry Potter furry thing in two seconds. I saw this Twitter or Tumblr post, and it was the funniest thing I've ever read in my entire life. Someone was like, what do you call, like, a furry but for clowns? Like, you want to, like, dress up like a clown and fuck other clowns. And then someone replied, and they were like, so I guess um, if you want to dress up like a clown, that would make you a clown. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am. Uh, hmm, this is true. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't stopped thinking about it since I read it, and I—it's <laughs> the funniest thing that I've. It's so good. Oh my god! By the way, did you know that? McGonagall is a clown. <laughs> oh yeah, all along. You can tell because uh, J.K. Rowling said so. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And by clown, I mean someone who likes to dress up and F other clowns, not just, you know, a clown. Um, <laughs> back to the Harry Potter furry thing. McGonagall, how many cats do you think she gets it on with in cat form? Girl, this is something I have not ever thought of before, but now I don't know if I will ever be able to stop. <gasps> what happens, right? Picture this. You may not want to, but I'm I'm going to ask you to, right? Picture this. McGonagall is a human, but she turns into a cat. She gets it on with a cat, goes back into human form, gets pregnant. Is she going to give birth to a cat or a human or a live furry? Okay, okay. Here's what I'm sadly picturing. Um, you know the movie Cats, right? I wish I didn't. <laughs> they're like cats, but they're also super duper in a frightening way human-like. Maybe one of those. 
Also, is she going to sprout, like, four more nipples? Or, like, what's the situation going on there? Is she going to have, like, a litter of cats? Or is it going to be, like, one cat? Oh, God. Oh, God. Okay, first of all, I love that we've established that she is uh, giving birth to Ding Judy Dench as a cat. Maybe a, a whole litter. She could have Jason Derulo, Taylor Swift. We love that. Also... I'm thinking she has to turn back into her cat form to uh, milk her little babies. <laughs> yeah. And by Taylor Swift and Jason Derulo, I think you mean she's going to give birth to uh, Grizabella, to Rum Tum Tugger, to Bombalarina, Macavity. <laughs> I absolutely um, abhor the fact that you know their names. <laughs> Can we play, like, a little game right now? I'm going to say a name, and you have to tell me if I made it up or it's from the musical cast. Oh, I am. You are so on. <laughs> okay. First up, we have Gizarella. <laughs> that is absolutely made up. Yes. That, oh, that so is made so up. But it is based on the established Grizabella. I hate that that exists. Okay, second up we have Griddlebone. Mmm, mm, this is a tough one. Hmm, it definitely sounds like a real one. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> it's a real name from the musical Cats. Um, okay. <laughs> time uh number three we have polka daughter that one's made up (laughs) all three for three baby okay okay um now this one is gonna be possibly the most difficult of them all let's go with monku strap hmm monku strap you say (laughs) Okay. <laughs> yes. Here's, I'm going to take you through my my thought process. It sounds absolutely wild and made up, and there's no way that there could that could possibly be a real name. But at, at the same time, it is so wild and so doesn't seem like it could be a real name that it must be one. I have to say that it is that <laughs> Andrew Lloyd Webber himself said, yes, I love the name Strap, and I will write a song about a cat called Strap. No, no, please. I'll give you my kidney if you don't write that song. He's like, no, I have to. I have, this, these are the Jellicle cats at the Jellicle Ball, and I have to write a Jellicle song about them. <laughs> no, no, please. <laughs> I'm going to start crying. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Last one. And this one is possibly harder than Monku Strap, I'm gonna say right now. I, I wanna know your thought process as you, after you hear this one, um, to see <laughs> the motions that you go through. So the, the final one, is this number four or number five? It doesn't matter. The last one for today, right? We already had Grizabella. We had Monku Strap. We had Griddlebone. The last one? Victoria. See, here's the th- here's the thing is I I hate the fact that I know that that is the name of the main character in Cats, and I hate how it doesn't go with everything else in the movie. 
<laughs> I thought that was gonna be literally the hardest one of oh, them oh, all. Oh, 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 wait. It was very hard to say that that is, in fact, a name from the movie Cats. Have you ever seen... My God, we are so off topic. Have you ever seen Kimmy Schmidt, the show? No, I haven't. Okay, I... <laughs> There's this whole arc <laughs> throughout the last season that uh, the main dude in the show, he wants to be an actor, right? He wants to be on Broadway. He's got this fantastic singing voice. And he goes to a live production of the show Cats and ends up just kind of going on stage, um, like in the middle of the show and pretending to be an actor in Cats. Like in the middle of some guy's performance, he just stops him and does his own song in the middle of the stage. He's like, my name is Poopsie Me Pants and I am the new cat of Cats. And he does this like whole ass song that he's... And uh, the show finishes, people are clapping him, and then the, he goes backstage, and <laughs> the rest of the actors and cats are like, how did you know the secret to cat? Um, and he's like, what secret? And they're like, there is no cats. We're just a bunch of actors that got up on stage and sing random words and make up names of our characters. And we get new actors every time because new new people that want to get into Broadway just come up on stage and pretend to be a cat. And so Cats is a lie all along. And then he fully, like, tours with the show Cats as this random peepsy poopsy new cat. And I have to say that that, out of all the conspiracy theories I've ever heard in my life, that is the one that I think sounds the most plausible. Oh my god, it all makes sense now. It's all coming together. Would you like to do one more? Because that, Victoria was too easy for you. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, okay, final name. Are you ready for this? Because I don't think you're ready for this. Uh, I am very much not, but go ahead. Jimble Jacks, the Jester Cat. What do you think? Mm, okay. I'm going to take you through my, my thought process again. Jimbo Jacks, what is it? The Thought Cat? Jimbo Jacks, the Jester Cat. Jimbo Jacks, the Jester Cat. Okay, that all rhymes, so it must be true. But also, Jimbo Jacks itself could be a name. Jester Cat could be a name in itself. I don't know if they're one character. I'm going to guess you're goofing me and you made that up. I did goof you and I did make that up. Oh, oh my god, I got everyone! I have never been so proud and yet so simultaneously disappointed myself at once. <laughs> Let me take you through my thought process. Now, up on my screen here, I have cats' names from cats googled, and one of the cats' names is Shimbleshanks. So I thought, Let's just take that and roll with it. So now we have a Jimble Jacks or whatever I said, and I was looking and there's Gus the theatrical cat. Of course we gotta do Jimble Jacks the jester cat. <laughs> oh, oh uh, naturally. Hey girl, I gotta ask you a question, right? Very important. If you were an actor in the musical Broadway show Cats, um, what would your cat's name be? Well, uh, come up with an OC on the spot for me. I think I already did. I think it's got to be Jimble Jacks, the Jester Cat. 
and he's kind of <laughs> Jimble Jacks is kind of uh I think there are two cats already who are kind of like uh heisty, playful con men or something like that. I literally have no idea what went on in the musical cats. I think Jimble Jacks would roll with them. I think he would be part of their crew. What about you? What's your cat's alter ego or a cat that you just made up on the spot? Oh, that is, okay, first of all, that is very good. I love your uh, cat-sona you just created there. I think I've got to go with um, Furry Back, the cat that, that smiles back. <laughs> Tell me about this, this cat, Furry Back, the cat who smiles back. Of course, as you wish. Um, furry back colon the cat that smiles back is a, a cat who grew up in poverty. She roams the streets at night looking for uh, fish bones in the gutters, in the garbages. <laughs> but but despite being so poor, she's the nicest cat. People don't really like her because she's, um, picture Victoria, right? Just kind of a creepy humanoid cat with a regular amount of fur, except, oops, she turns around and she's got a full cape of hair. Just the furriest back you've ever seen. And people are like, mmm, that's gross, so they don't want to hang out with me. But, despite it all, I smile back at everyone, sometimes... From the shadows of the slums where I live, but I I held I hold my head high, um, despite it all, and that is furry back colon the cat that smiles back. Thank you for coming <laughs> my TED talk. I love it. Andrew Lloyd Webber would be so proud of your creation. Can I uh? <laughs> Can I tell you about my other cat that I would like to pitch to him one day? Oh, absolutely. We we got a whole uh, a posse. What's a group of cats called? No, it's a, a posse. Um, a posse. A posse pride of uh, potential pussies that we could <laughs> pitch to. Okay. Just wait, go. <laughs> wait a second. Oh, my God. Can we make a rival musical <laughs> called... Uh, wait a minute. What did you just say? The the posse pride of potential pussies or whatever you just said? Oh my god, that's amazing. Something like that. We'll change it to different P words every time. <laughs> yeah, and uh, instead, it's basically the same thing as cats because no one really knows what cats is about. Um, but we just change things a little. So uh, <laughs> instead of Shimble Shanks, we have Jimble Jacks, the Jester Cat. Instead of Grizabella, we have Jizabella. <laughs> Let me tell you about Jizabella a little bit. Uh, you think Grizabella had it bad in Cats? Well, Jizabella's got it even worse. Jizabella is Grizabella's uh, younger sister cat who um, is making her way through the world one tick at a time. She's dirt poor. <laughs> And also, oh, she doesn't even get to go to heaven, so she's got it double bad. Oh no, poor Isabella! This is my favorite idea that we've ever had on this podcast. Also, TMTM, 
Um, please don't steal this, Andrew Lloyd Webber. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, uh, TM TM. Also, you know those uh, those movies from like uh, I think the Asylum does a couple where like they make an animated movie like the year that a Disney movie is supposed to come out to try to goof people into going to their ripoff movie instead. I think we could very easily goof some people into coming to our show where they were actually trying to see the famous musical Cats. Yes. Okay, so picture this, Broadway, right? So we got Cats in the Winter Garden Theater or whatever. Right across the street, we've got the lights come up, the the sign is out, the marquee, our names are on it, and we've got Puss. (laughs) Just Puss. You know what it is. It's Puss. <laughs> and and we get double the uh <laughs> the clientele because uh first of all we get we get the people who wanted to go to cats but cats was sold out for some reason then we got the perverts oh yeah and uh we also get the <laughs> we definitely get those we also get the third crew that thinks that it's a puss in boots puss in boots puss in boots uh musical from the show shrek yeah, also, by the way, Puss in Buttes is one of the cats in our cast. Puss in Buttes, one word, and he's a beauty guru who's also a cat. <laughs> yup. Oh, and we also get um, the last crew that wants to come to our show, uh, furries. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how could we miss the most lucrative market? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, my God. <sighs> Girl, I have something very uh, sad to say and I think it's that we gotta get back to hashtag reality high. We're getting too into this movie. By the way TMTM, uh, we'll return to this at some later date. But today I think we've been, like Danny has been neglecting her friends, we've been neglecting hashtag this movie. To be fair, we're basically at the end of the movie. Like we said, like you know, <laughs> Danny's life has kind of gone to shit, but she turned it around. She apologized to all her friends. She went live on Facebook apologizing to the whole world, basically. And she even gets back together with Cameron at the beach party, bonfire party. And that is the end of the movie, basically. Everyone is happy. Danny got her life back. She's back to being the same kind of uh, nerdy girl that she was at the beginning of the movie. She realized the value of friendship and the non-value of popularity, sort of. So, overall, you know, not as good a movie as uh, our push show would have been. But maybe we, maybe we don't call it our push show. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> we'll work on a name. Oh, oh, wait, wait a second, wait a second. I know I just said to stop talking about that, but consider this hashtag cats. Hashtag cats. Okay. Now we're getting somewhere. <laughs> we'll put her on hold. TM, TM, no one come at us. This is our idea. It's coming to you to a Broadway. A Broadway? It's, com- it's coming to Broadway, eventually. Sadly, though, I think we, we have to talk about this movie. Which, you know, as Amy said in the beginning, wasn't as bad a movie as I was expecting. It's a Netflix original. So the, you know, the, the cinematography, the lighting, the actors were all surprisingly good. The plot, though, I, which I, I didn't think was bad by any means, was definitely very cliche. And I definitely seen 
like to me like if you've seen Mean Girls you've seen this movie if you've seen To All the Boys I've Loved Before you've seen this movie but you know it's just kind of a cliche that pops up in most teen movies so it's not something that I can super fault this movie for yeah we've seen a lot of bad teen movies on this podcast F the Prom probably one of the worst movies we've seen uh but this wasn't that bad and I think you're right it had a lot to do with the cast the actors were pretty good even though they didn't have a lot to work with with the kind of predictable script like you were saying but I do like how they had a pretty diverse cast like the main girl and her love interest are both uh, people of color the Alexa the antagonist is a Latina girl like and yeah, I mean, like you said, like this is a teen movie, like, for example, F the Prom was, but kind of our main gripe, well, we had a lot of gripes <laughs> with F the Prom, but it was so over the top unrealistic that it was just, because it was made by the Fine Brothers who did not go to high school themselves. But this movie was a lot more realistic in its interpretation. Granted, it was very American. <laughs> So a lot of the things that they had in this movie, like uh, pep rallies and cheerleaders and stuff, we don't really have in Canada, um, at least not where we're from. You know, stuff that we couldn't really relate to much there. But it was a lot more realistic in the characters and how they reacted to things, which I really appreciated. Yeah, and another gripe that we had with uh, F the Prom was that it came out like, I don't know, two years ago and it already had not aged well. It was. It had a lot of, you know, offensive jokes, and the message was a little kind of blurred. But this one is just feel-good kind of cheesy movie, if that's the kind of movie that you like. Or, you know, every so often we need a, a little break from our brains, and I think this is the kind of movie that takes you away from your life. And it's not realistic, realistic in the sense that... You know, these are exactly how high schoolers would act. It's like one of those movies where there's like, ooh, a mass text chain. Um, everybody knows everything about everyone. So that's not realistic uh, in that sense. But the way that the actors kind of act around each other, especially Danny and Cameron, her love interest, they're both a little bit awkward. But I kind of like that because it made it more believable, I guess. Uh, oh, yeah, way more believable. Also, yeah, I I was really worried before watching this movie just because of the name, hashtag Reality High. I thought it was going to be like a, like a swiped or like an F the prom where they really go heavy-handed with the whole social media lingo and everything. And I was like, oh, my God, this is not going to age well in half a year. But thankfully, like, they... I mean, we went heavy-handed on the hashtags in the intro, but they, they definitely had, like, a little bit of that kind of behind-the-scenes message of, like, oh, be careful what you say online and be careful what you put online with uh, Alexa kind of taking out of the, everything out of context, um, what Danny said and ruining her life that way. But it wasn't the focus of the movie. The movie wasn't about teens on social media it was about this girl and you know kind of dealing with who she is as a person so I was very much worried about that aspect but I'm glad that they didn't go down that route because that was something that really did not work out or age well in the other movies we've seen yeah this one was 
not as reliant on the texting lingo and all of that because that to me when adults write kids saying texting lingo it sounds like the most awkward cringiest thing but thank god the people in this movie talked relatively like a human in a movie would talk yeah which was very uh i've been like forgetting words recently <laughs> refreshing i i was thinking re- refreshing i mean I, I don't know who wrote this movie but um i think they did a much better job in the script than some of the past movies we've seen so we have kind of told you our thoughts on the movie now and before we get into our reviews let's see what the people of the internet think about hashtag reality high so we have some letterbox reviews we have some imdb reviews which ones do you want to do first let's start with imdb so we have four imdb reviews here for you the first one is by user Shukri underscore Ramat, who gave it a 1 out of 10, and their tagline is, Such a torture. My girlfriend turned this on on Netflix, and it's the most boring, cringiest moment in my life. (laughs) That's a long (laughs) moment. Very long. (laughs) Um, The next is by user Rhodes Lindsay, who gave it a 10 out of 10, and their tagline is, Please make a hashtag reality high too, or turn it into a series. This movie's was great, hands down. And if you say otherwise, you're obviously a negative individual. And if a movie made me go find where to write a review about it, it was good. And hopefully there's more to come with this. And the same with the cast. Just great. That's cute. And also, I feel like this would make a better series, Netflix teen series, than maybe The Kissing Booth would. Oh, yeah, I agree. Because The the Kissing Booth... There's only so much you can do with a kissing booth. <laughs> uh, the next review is by user Snowy Precipice, who give it a 3 out of 10, and their tagline is boring and predictable. Just another, quote-unquote, realistic high school movie full of insanely gorgeous high school kids having first-world problems. The protagonist is an already gorgeous girl dressed as a nerd, so her transition is laughable. The conflict, climax, and resolution were all tired tropes, and it was incredibly boring. The only reason that this gets a three is because the acting wasn't that bad. And I liked the random weird dude who kept antagonizing the principal. <laughs> yeah, she, the the main actress, the only really thing that they did to make her look nerdy is like, oh, we need to have a shot of her taking out her retainer in the morning. <laughs> yeah, rude. <laughs> The last review is by user nspence00, who gave it a 6 out of 10, and their tagline is, Not too bad. Sometimes you need a super cheesy movie. This movie was incredibly predictable, but honestly, we all need a movie like this sometimes. It shows cyberbullying, what popularity can do, teenage parties, and dogs. The most important part, the dogs. The most important part. You know, I really appreciated the amount of dogs in this movie. Me too. Uh, let's jump over to Letterboxd and see what they have to say over there. The first review is by Cecile, who gave it three stars out of five, and they say, Why do I watch shitty movies like this instead of classics like The Godfather and Seven? <laughs> <laughs> That's what we ask ourselves every day. The second review we have here is by Julia, 
who gave it two and a half stars. Has anyone who works in the film industry ever seen a teenager? <laughs> True. Which is, you know, another problem we had with F the Prom is that the Fine Brothers work with teenagers in their content. Like, they have the Teenagers React series or whatever. And yet, they still don't know how a teenager talks. You know what? Just quickly, uh, <laughs> going back to Harry Potter, I swear this is the last time we'll uh, do this this episode. The girl that plays uh, Luna, Ivana Lynch, I'm pretty sure... I remember in the behind the scenes them saying that they hired her because she was a super fan for Harry Potter. And she was like, you're not doing this right. This didn't happen in the book. If you want to stay true to the story, this is what's going Which they already had J.K. Rowling on set, who's the uh, author of the book. But this girl that w- played Luna wanted everything to be exactly perfect about her character and the story. Um, so she, on set, would like change stuff to make sure that they were staying accurate. Meanwhile, the Fine Brothers and a lot of uh, directors that hire teenagers to play teenagers in their movies still can't get how teenagers regularly act right in their movies. Yeah, oh my god. F the Prom needed someone like Ivana Lynch on set because nobody talks like the people in that movie talked. And I'm... Pretty sure that J.K. Rowling, no matter if she was on set or not, was too busy thinking about how Dumbledore takes a Dumbledore. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love uh, the Hogwarts lingo here. By the way, Dumbledore is uh, one of the cats in our new musical hashtag cats or puss. (laughs) To you. We change the title every so often. TM, TM on all of them, though. We got to keep our options open, you know? (laughs) True. The last letterbox review we have for today is by Baby Spinach. And then there's like a little spinach emoji who gave it half a star. I saw the gay subplot coming the second there was a lingering hand shot. My theory was confirmed when the writers flexed their masterful subtlety by making the sexually ambiguous character ask his bro to stick it in my mouth, in parentheses, a keg. Now, we didn't get to this part in our in our scene-by-scene, uh, scene, but one of Cameron's friends, at the end of the movie, he gets together with Alexa's gay best friend, and then that's really it. <laughs> yeah, the gay subplot was about 30 seconds long. <laughs> so... We have heard what the people of the internet thought about this movie. We got some good reviews, some bad reviews. Now we're going to rate this movie on what we call the Goldblum scale, which, if you're new to the podcast, is how we rate the movies that we watch here. It's a scale of bad movies. So a 10 out of 10 is pretty good for a bad movie, and a 1 out of 10 is so bad we could barely finish it. Amy, I know you said you really like this movie. What would you give it out of 10? Okay, before I get into my review, just for reference, IMDb gave this movie a 5.2 out of 10. For Rotten Tomatoes, the critics gave it 40%, and the audience gave it 51%. So they're all kind of in the 40 to 50 range. Um, this movie, it is predictable. The plot is like every other teen movie out there. The characters, though, were really... I like them. They had good chemistry, Danny and Cameron... And they were really likable. And the thing with me is that I usually don't like to watch 
movies more than once, unless I really, really like them. So the fact that I watched this three times and did not, like, get sick of it, like, I obviously knew what was going to happen, and that kind of took away some of the surprise, I guess, though there wasn't really much surprise in it since the ending was a little um, predictable. But uh, I still liked it after the third time, so I'm going to give it a 5.5. It was a solid movie. What do you think? That's pretty solid. I I was going to say around the same. I think I'm going to give it about a 5. It was not as bad a movie as I was expecting it to be, especially from the title. I thought they were going to go way over the top with the whole social media aspect. I thought it was going to do a lot more cringing than I ended up doing, even though it was incredibly predictable. <laughs> and I, you know, it's kind of the same story beats as most other teen movies I've seen. I didn't mind watching it once. I didn't mind watching it a couple times. It was not a that bad a movie. By no means my favorite teen movie, but it really wasn't that bad. If any of you have uh, seen hashtag reality high and you have thoughts, you can always hit us up on Twitter or Letterboxd. We're at BMS Podcast on both of those. Or you could uh, shoot us an email at badmoviesundaypodcast at gmail.com. Or, you know, if you have any other uh, movies to recommend to us. And I think that's all we have for today. Yeah, we will be holding open auditions for our show Puss or hashtag cats, whatever you decide <laughs> to end up naming. <laughs> Hit us up if you want to, uh, if you have a cat OC, you want to come be in our show. It's open to literally everyone. <laughs> Make this happen. Just jump but on stage. Jump on. You know what? You don't even need to audition. Just come to the show, jump on stage, and uh, we'll work you in. <laughs> <laughs> In the meantime, I'm Ashley. I'm Amy. And this has been Hashtag Bad Movie Sunday. And we will see you next, next week.